Hi, I'm Elizabeth Benoist, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. McGurk! I love typing. Not mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? Is becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because <laughs> she looks like a boss in this show. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Maureen Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired on the Supergirl Radio Facebook page and the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel to go back in time. We're going to do a little time traveling uh, because Morgan didn't review a Supergirl episodes as a full-time co-host of Supergirl Radio until the episode World's Finest in Season 1, which aired in March of 2016. So we are going to revisit the first season to get Morgan's thoughts on uh, the Season 1, Episode 7 episode titled Human for a Day. So this is a really big, important episode of the show. So Morgan, I am really interested in hearing your thoughts about it. So we are definitely going to uh, go back in time to do that. But I guess the uh, the thing that we need to do before we get talking about the episode is that today is Melissa Benoist's uh, birthday. So happy birthday to Melissa Benoist. And uh, so we uh, just really wanted to take a moment to celebrate uh, our Supergirl's uh, birth, her, her Earth birthday, if you will, as the show puts it. So uh, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're glad that you were able to celebrate another year of life. And to do that, as, as I do, I, I, I bring cupcakes on the live stream quite a bit. So I have another <laughs> cupcake to celebrate. Nice. I wanted to, I need to get some of those like, uh, noisemakers. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need to, I need to, I looked for sound effects for them and I couldn't really want funny. So, uh, so all I can do is offer a tiny cupcake. Because, you know, Rebecca's trying to lose weight and I can't I can't <laughs> eat the big cupcakes is important. I actually I, I like the tiny cupcakes. Sometimes <laughs> I get a whole cupcake. I'm like, I don't want that much cupcake. I yeah. just wanted a little taste like I just yeah, I really just want the icing. So <laughs> <laughs> they seem like more efficient icing delivery. systems. <laughs> Have you seen that audio? Uh, the, no, it's a video clip of Anne Hathaway. Where she talks about how she eats cupcakes. Is it the is it the way where you cut the bottom in half and you make it into a little sandwich? Yes. I was I've like, why have I never thought? Why did Anne Hathaway have to teach me that? I've I've never tried it though. I feel like it's I was like, I don't know though. Is it the way that I was supposed to eat the cupcake? Is <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think I can try that with the tiny cupcake though. There's not there's not a lot of yeah, a lot of not real a lot of cake. there for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I need a big cupcake to try that on, but uh thanks to Anne the actress Anne Hathaway, uh I now have a new way to try to eat cupcakes. So we'll see, we'll see if I ever try that and give it a go. <laughs> Fun fact, people used to tell me I looked like Anne Hathaway and I was like 
how do you get that? <laughs> how do you get that? I think it's because my big buggy eyes. I think that's what it is. No yeah, you've shade. got big eyes in the brunette. Yeah. No, no shade to Anne Hathaway, but I have big buggy eyes. So I think that's <laughs> it. Um, so that's not important to the episode that we are discussing. Uh, but we are going to get into the episode discussion and we're only going to be doing an episode discussion of this uh, Supergirl radio episode because uh, we've uh, taken a little bit of a break. Uh, we had a little vacation, a little Dragon Con, a little Disney World, and then Morgan uh, got to feeling under the weather. So we got to get Morgan back to 100%. So <laughs> we're going to take a little bit. my like Rocky-esque <laughs> training to get back in. <laughs> back in the swing of things i like go up two steps and then just sit down sadly <laughs> I'm like oh so, no COVID, no <laughs> so because uh we're we're still waiting for morgan to be a hundred percent uh we're gonna uh not do news or listener feedback for this episode so if you're if you're waiting for your email or you want to hear about the news we're gonna save that till the next episode so hopefully we'll give morgan another week to uh Ooh recover and rest and uh <laughs> next week i'll give your email the old razzle dazzle don't <laughs> worry <laughs> <laughs> all right so just wanted to uh put that out front so that everybody has uh the expectations uh of what's happening for this episode of supergirl radio uh but now i think uh i think we need to go uh back in time and uh talk about the episode human for a day <laughs> I really should prepare myself for the time traveling. I really, I, I haven't really time like, mentally, me. you know, it's, it's, it's a physical travel, but mentally you have to really prepare yourself as well. well so we're, uh, we're back in time. We're back in, in 20, was 2015, 2016? De- December 7th, 2015. Remember those days? <laughs> I barely <We> do. <laughs> we should, we should have won our uh, Christmas best. I think we're yes. Well, should should we should we time our uh, our our uh, our our dress our attire to the episode air dates of the episode? That's a good question. Every every episode, it's like a different season for us. It's going <laughs> to be January, but we're going to be wearing like sunglasses and <laughs> swimsuits. Well, we'll have to keep that in mind about the air dates of the episode as we time because we want to be we want to be in the right. Uh, time period as we go back That's in time. True. We want to make sure that we blend in. At first, I thought you were going to recommend, like, should we wear what we were wearing back in 2015? <laughs> and I was like, was it that different? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, really, I just want us to be um, uh, Brainiac 5 and uh, Nia Nall as they went back in time because they totally fit in. When they did some time traveling in season six of Supergirl, they they definitely did not stand out at all. <laughs> no, no. They were like, yeah, headbands and, and overly formal outfits with sparkles. That's what, <laughs> that's what 2008 was all about. <laughs> that's what the teenagers are wearing. Uh, so when we go when we travel back in time, we probably should blend in with the time period. <laughs> all right. Well, here is the official description for human for a day. Quote, Kara and her friends must rely on their inner strength and courage when an earthquake strikes National City. Also, Alex's mistrust of Hank reaches a breaking point when the earthquake traps them in the D.O. with Jim. Uh, played by actor Charles Halford, a powerful alien escapee, unquote. 
Uh, Morgan, you remember when they had uh, aliens in the DEO from Fort Ross? That was that was not real. <laughs> <laughs> I like a, a a big part of the episode's plot was like, then they'll break out of the DEO and get to the surface, and I was like, the DEO is not like a skyscraper. Because in the later, and then I forgot, oh yeah, in the first season, the DEO is like a subterranean, a, it's like, like a desert hit, facility, hidden desert facility that you would, you would, you know, maybe keep your, your aliens, your fi- area 51 kind of stuff. <laughs> it was like that. And then by, uh, by the end of the show, the DEO was like downtown. <laughs> it was like in a glass building downtown. They were it like, had a subway oh, stop not- right in front of it. Exactly. They're not hiding anybody over there. Like the aliens are just like dancing in the windows over there. There's, there's no nothing top secret about the uh the DEO they gave by tours. the end of the show. They gave yeah, exactly. public tours. And yes. here's where we keep the aliens. Uh but in the first season, uh they had it they had it underground, which I kind of appreciated. It felt a little bit more like an undercover, you know organization that not everybody knew about like it was a secret organization almost as if almost as if a secret government agency um yeah so uh we get some uh some alien stuff going a lot of alien stuff actually not just jim uh there's also another alien that gets revealed at the end of this episode but i guess we'll start uh because we like to start with supergirl what's what's supergirl up to because it is her show at least in the first season it is her show. So, uh, so let's talk about Kara because this is a pretty big episode for Kara. She loses her powers. She solar flares after her run-in with a red tornado. And now she has no superpowers anymore. So Morgan, how did you think uh, Kara dealt with that? I thought this, uh, just, I, I remember this episode from season one, like watching season one. And I remember this is like one of my favorites of the season. And uh, but I didn't remember like some of the stuff that happened to her in this episode. Like I remembered, I had very clear memories of her like talking down the bank robber, uh, not the bank robber, the uh, convenience store ro- uh, robber in her Supergirl suit, although she was human. But I didn't remember that that one scene where she tries to save the guy who had gotten into a car accident with like Maxwell Lord and James and like, can't save him. That was really brutal. I I did not remember that. And I was like, poor Kara, like the worst thing in the world for Kara is not being able to save somebody, not being able to do something in a situation like that. And for her to know that, like, if she could have, you know, gotten him to a hospital or x-rayed him, maybe she could have helped. I think that was really heartbreaking as a Supergirl fan. Yeah, she could have saved him if she had superpowers. She could have picked him up, picked him up, used her heat vision, flew him away. Uh, so that is really devastating for Supergirl because she she knows that she can help normally, and now she she couldn't. She was helpless. My question about that situation, and I agree that was it. It was actually kind of hard to watch because she was so devastated. Um, but my question, especially with Maxwell Lord, because his big deal in this episode is human beings should save themselves. We should be able to save ourselves without needing Supergirl. Yeah. Well, why Why couldn't somebody have picked this dude up, put him in a car, drove him to the hospital? Well, also... Where, where, where's the ambulance? Can't you call 911? Like, I understand. It was an earthquake, but it, yeah. did all the phones go out? 
I understood that it was like an emergency situation and maybe truly, it seemed like truly there was nothing that they could do for that guy, but like his daughter was still there. And the thing that you could have done for her was not explain in excruciating detail how he was going to die. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that to me, I was like, Maxwell Lord, maybe could you chill for one second? He's like, he's like, Oh yeah, he looks pretty bad. And she's like, could you help him? And he was like, well, I was a medical doctor and she's like, great. And he's like, but this guy's a goner. And this is how he's going to slowly bleed out. <laughs> and I was like, Maxwell, Lord, can you calm down? <laughs> the lady, the, the poor daughter is like freaking out. And then like the, at the end, like towards the end of that scene, like she's crying on his shoulder and Cara's like, can you do anything? And he's like, I did already. I told you how he was going to die. <laughs> Like, oh my God, sensitivity training, Maxwell Lord. Just <laughs> yeah, not a good bed bedside manner on on that doctor. Oh yeah, that was that was tough to watch. Um, so Supergirl is having to deal with not only just physical things like breaking her arm and having to wear a sling and bleeding for the first time. She is uh, having to deal with the uh, emotional struggle and i guess uh, a little bit of a mental thing too that she just cannot save these people even though she wants to uh so and and she she also has to deal with the fact that she doesn't even know if she's going to be able to get those powers back in that scene uh maxwell lord says i don't know supergirl might not get them back so who knows if we're going to be without um someone saving the city for a while <laughs> the thing about maxwell lord in this episode and i say this with love is he's a hater He's just, he's, he's not really bringing, I mean, he's out there, you know, hand in bottles of water, but it feels like other than that, he's not really bringing much to the table. He kind of <laughs> tells Kara, like, we got to all save ourselves. But then like in that, in that emergency situation, he's just like, well, oh, well, just kind of backs only, up, just kind of <laughs> leaves. He just leaves. He just leaves the situation. He's like, well, oh, look at that. There's a train over there that is so cool. I haven't seen, and I got to go see that train. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I think to your point where you said, like, he makes a big deal about, like, we have to save ourselves now, but he's not, like, setting up, like, a, like, an, um, I guess he's giving out water and being kind of an emergency response, but there doesn't seem to be, despite the fact that he, he apparently completed medical school in one year, Doogie Hauser. He, <laughs> <laughs> that was an interesting new wrinkle to his story. I was like, <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Uh, but I think that's probably why he connects with uh, with Alex, because he's mm. like, you too seem like you have gotten your schooling done in an amount of time that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I don't know what it is that's connecting the two of us. <laughs> Perhaps it's that our timelines make no sense. <laughs> He's like Genius not, level. He's not out there like giving medical treatment or setting up triage tents. He's just like, water bottle? <laughs> Well, maybe that was their biggest need at the time. Yeah, everybody was real thirsty <laughs> after that emergency situation. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so Maxwell Lord is out there. He's trying to help. Um, so what did you think about Kara and, and what she uh, was going through in terms of the things that she was doing, like with the... Uh, the convenience store, the, the stuff that she had to do with trying to save the people at Catco with, with James and Wynn. So what did you think about all of those ways that she was heroic, both without her powers and then when she gets her powers back? 
Yeah, I thought it was super interesting to see a, a car without her powers and to see her kind of spiral a little bit, especially in the beginning where she's like, I have a cold. Like, what is a cold like? And one of my favorite lines is like when after she breaks her arm and she's using James's shirt as a sling all episode, which is a funny detail when you think <laughs> about it. You're like, wait, did she? She didn't go to the hospital. That's still his shirt. Um, <laughs> it would be funny if, like, every time he put on a new shirt, she like took it off and was like, oh no, I lost my sling. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just like consistently in his undershirt the whole episode, <laughs> like diehard style, where he's like, stop. <laughs> I can't give you another shirt sling. I can't do it. Uh, but yeah, like when she calls Alex and she's like, um, breaking my arm really hurt. You could have told me about that. Like, like Alex would just be like, by the way, don't break a bone. That's painful. But I just, it, it is really funny to think that like, Kara's never experienced a cold. She's never experienced a, a broken bone. She's never cut her her finger on a piece of glass. She just doesn't. I think that was interesting at the end of the last episode when they showed in the previously on where like Kat goes, oh, be careful. Like the the glass is sharp. And she's like straight in, like hand straight in. <laughs> like she's, she's never had to learn to be careful. She's never had to learn to like take care because this thing is hot or this thing is sharp because she's Supergirl and who cares? And I thought it was interesting to see Supergirl in that scenario when the car starts to come at her, she's kind of like, what? Come at me, bro. And James has to like toss her out of the way because he's like, you're not invincible. You can't, you know, you can't stand down a stare down a car that's coming right at you. Uh, and she was uh so I thought it was really interesting to see how Carr reacted to being just a regular person without superpowers. Yeah, one of my favorite uh like uh dialogue moments in this episode is uh, when Kat comes into the office and she she notices that somebody is sick, uh, she looks over at Car and she says, "You never get sick. That's the best part about you." And Car goes, "That's the best part." <laughs> I, I, that was like one of my favorite line readings in the whole episode. Just the way that Melissa Benoist said, "That's the best part." <laughs> like so offended. Like, come on. <laughs> Surely there's something good about me other than I never get sick. Um, so I really enjoyed <laughs> that moment in the episode. Um, so, yeah, so this is uh, one of the bigger episodes for Supergirl in, ter in terms of her heroics to prove to herself, I think more than to anybody, uh, that she is a hero even without the superpowers because the city is starting to be like, well, I don't know, Supergirl's not coming back, you guys. I don't know what she's doing, but uh, we got to figure something out. So to have Supergirl go into... Uh, the place where the the robbers are uh, messing around in the convenience store, and she she she's actually I don't know if it's risky and brave or if it's stupid of her to to have gone in there uh, <laughs> because she was taking a real big chance that they were not going to shoot her. Uh, I guess she's really uh, very confident in her hope speeches to know that she could probably talk those guys down. And and at this point in her career, she's really only had a couple of hope speeches. She was, <laughs> so she's really hanging a lot. This isn't like seasons, uh, seasoned season six Kara, who's just like, <laughs> baby, this hope speech is going to get it. It's going to get it done. It's May. <laughs> I've got a speech in my pocket and I'm ready to go. Uh, this is like this is early season Kara. So she's only given a couple of these. And I thought. That was a great scene because she is really she's actually risking her life in that scene. 
where which we don't really see her, you know, do too much in these kind of like ground level fights. And even like when she's fighting, you know, some of the aliens, they're, you know, they're they can hurt her, but often they're not going to like kill her. But James tries to tell her, you can't go, you know, you can't do that. You can't go in there because they could kill you. They could actually shoot you. And I like how she goes, they don't know that. Uh, which I <laughs> thought was really great. I was like, sure. I like the moxie on you, Supergirl. Uh, but I, I thought it was great of her to like connect with, with him on a human level and say, like, I don't think that you really want to do this. Uh, and then James taking that kind of like iconic photo of the guy giving her the gun, I think was also a really nice way to have him in the story in a way that made sense with uh, as Jimmy Olsen, essentially. Yeah, we don't get a lot of. So I just appreciate it when we do get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he even talked about his first camera. Did you uh, did you latch onto that? He talked about his dad mm-hmm. giving him a camera. So uh, this is the the starting point of Guardian uh, in in terms of uh, planting that seed about the camera, about his dad's camera. So uh, the 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 Jimmy Olsen photographer in this episode is very important. Yeah, I liked that we got a lot of like Jimmy Olsen photographer uh, photographer about town mm-hmm. in this one because it's a really important part of his character. And a lot of the times he was either a superhero in his run on the show or a love interest or being thrown out of a limousine while it was still moving. (laughs) He he didn't always get to be uh, an award-winning photographer. So I thought in this one, this was a great episode for him because he's in there with her. It's also dangerous for him. Uh, and he knows it's dangerous for her, but he's got to get that shot. He's got to get that shot because he's a photographer. Uh, and, you know, we we know the tragic fate of his his camera. Yeah. Uh, so it is kind of hard. It's like seeing an old uh, uh, an old favorite character that, you know, <laughs> gets killed off where you're like, oh, not the camera, <laughs> not the camera. <laughs> this is uh, this is the good uh, the good time period. These were the good old days where <laughs> where the camera was still still alive and well. Uh, New Rachel says in the chat or or asks, really, didn't Carr tell James later that he couldn't be a superhero because he didn't have powers and could easily be killed, just like he tells her here? Uh, I am pretty sure they had that conversation. Uh, so I, I guess for Kara, this is she probably thinks that this is a temporary situation, which it was. Um, so but j- for James, unless he has a you know freak <laughs> turtle accident. Uh, like a turtle radiation accident, and he's probably not going to get superpowers. So it's a different situation for James. If only. If only. We were so close. We could have had it all. They had Jimmy Olsen on the show for like five seasons, and no turtle boy Jimmy <laughs> Olsen. It's still so disappointing. Um, but yeah, Tragic. so so Kara had to deal with uh, not being able to save people and struggling without her powers. Uh, but some people did step up when she was absent with her superpowers. And uh, one of them was Cat Grant. So, uh, Morgan, what did you think about Cat uh, pulling together her her broadcast aspect of Cat Co. And, and, and really getting out there, you know, getting the news out to the people? Well, there was a what happened is that Supergirl didn't have her powers. And this created a hole in the hope speech market. <laughs> and. 
And Pat Grant is nothing but a savvy businesswoman who mm. is like, now I'm going to give the people what they want, what they're clamoring for, an inspirational speech uh, delivered by television by a blonde. That's what they need. That's what they need in this time of trouble. We don't have the right blonde for it, but I can be that blonde. Uh, <laughs> I also like in this one, it's like the first time she's noticed when, even though he's oh, yes. like literally outside of her office. That was uh, that uh, that made me laugh a lot that she and she calls him like wit. Uh, she can't uh, get his name. She doesn't care. Yeah, she calls him a, a few different names. Uh, one of them was wit. And one of them was Wick. Wick? So not, Wick? Not, e- not even close, <laughs> I don't think. Uh, but yeah, he's been there all this time right next to Takara, and she's never noticed him. And, and, and then when he finally does uh, set up the, the live stream for her, she's like, uh, or when he's having difficulty setting up the live stream, she's like, we're short staff, so I can't fire you. <laughs> so instead, I'm going to inspire you. <laughs> I thought she was like about to like get after like the jazz hands. I was like, oh, she's rhyming. Uh-oh, is she going to start spitting some truth? Uh, and she she does. She inspires him to figure out how to work a live stream. Um, 2015 was a different time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wanted, I still, I mean, I still and always want to know what's Catco's deal. Do they have a television station? Yeah, they have. They have a, a, like a television network. I think Is it's it... either a network or they just have a production facility. I'm not really yeah. sure. And we never get like the Catco news. Yeah, because they have. We know that they have a a radio station. Which sure, I understand. Leslie Willis, live and wired, live wire. Yeah. Presumably, they must have a TV station because how else is Supergirl giving all of these live broadcasts? But, like, what is the programming that they're breaking into to give these hope <laughs> speeches? That's what I want to know. Is it like we we now interrupt this special programming of Dallas to <laughs> and then it like cat goes on? Or is it like is she like? You know, like a news station? Is- yeah, I, th- I think it's like a 24-hour cable news station is what I imagine it to be. But anytime we see like a news anchor on the show, it's never like a cat co. No, I know. Uh, that's why I, that's why I question it. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know what they call themselves, but they do have a news facility. Uh, James had to coordinate things once uh, uh, to do that when Cat was uh, out of the office. So there, there are many instances where they talk about the news television aspect of Catco. So there is that. Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, yeah, New yeah. Rachel also asked, didn't we have some kind of TV news station when Dreamer gave her interview? Yeah, I mean, they're all the time doing on-air uh, broadcast interviews from the Catco offices, uh, usually in Cat's office. You yeah. would think that they would have a studio or like a green screen setup or some something else other than someone's personal office. That's a really strange place you also to do think an interview. That, that would be kind of the worst place you could possibly do a sit down interview with a person because the wall of monitors behind uh, behind cat I feel like would like, would like drive me insane. Like I'd be trying to look at cat, but I would be looking at all of the monitors. <laughs> 
She also has a lot of glass from her balcony doors. That it's, natural light's not going to be great on camera. It, not as good as you think, I think. It's, if it's a bright day, it's not going to look nice. And to that point, they they rarely ever bring in uh, additional lighting setups. No. I, I find it very <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> for, for those interviews. Yeah, so, when she gave yeah. her uh, her heroic speech, I was like, you don't want to. You want to pop up a ring light? I don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have critiques of the uh, of the business arrangements that are going on over there. I I just don't truly don't know. But I did like her her inspirational speech. I think it really got people through. She did request makeup, so she, there is there is that kind of <laughs> That's broad, true. you know, paying attention to being on television. So I appreciate that. But yeah, I I think it's interesting. I I don't know how many bosses would choose to inspire you rather than fire you uh, <laughs> know that that's a real world business <laughs> practice uh but for for this situation cat chose to inspire so i i thought that that was really nice that she she did fill that hole in the market with supergirl gone and i i love the reason why she did it it wasn't necessarily to give the people hope it was to protect her product. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> I don't want people to badmouth my my creation, so I'm going to go and defend her and keep this brand alive. <laughs> so it wasn't as uh, it wasn't as altruistic as some people may have thought it was. <laughs> She's like, I've got a whole line of like Supergirl products coming out. If people <laughs> don't like her anymore, what am I going to do with all these t-shirts? I'm going to uh, have this whole <laughs> stock here, and I got to sell it. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I really liked that. And then I also really liked the scene at the end with Kat uh, and Supergirl after Kara's gotten her powers back and she uh, she visits Kat as Supergirl and she's just like, I saw the speech and as somebody who makes a lot of speeches. It was really good. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I would be so honored if somebody who gave oh, that yeah. many hope speeches came to me and was like, listen, that was a good one. I'd be like, she knows good speeches. It's all <laughs> she does. Every the end of every season, she saves the day with a speech. So if my speech got like an A plus from from Supergirl, I gotta feel good about myself. And she made and, a special effort to come see me to tell me that. Exactly. So that I mean, more. she could be she could be anywhere. She's but she flew on over to say hi. Come on. <laughs> uh, I also like that cat was like, you can't just disappear. Like people need it, you. Uh, and I thought that that was such a, a a good scene between the two of them. It's one of the things I like the most in season one is the, like the the between Car Supergirl and Cat Grant. I think is is such a nice relationship between the two of them. And there's always like a little bit of tension because Cat barely ever pays attention to Kara. But <laughs> I think they have such a, a strong like relationship and. And Kara kind of learns so much from Kat, and Kat learns a lot from Kara as well. And and so, yeah, I feel like the the subsequent seasons really missed having Kat Grant's presence on the show. And this is definitely an episode where I felt that like this is this could really only be a season one episode because Kat was such a big part of it. Yeah, Kat always taught Kara things, and Kara was able to grow from her interactions and lessons from Kat. And uh, I, I always thought Kat was a good mentor. For Kara, so uh, I do miss that about season one. Um, before we move on, I wanted to get to this uh, question from Superhero Dreamer asking, do you think that Kara was mentally prepared to deal with going without powers in this episode, knowing good uh, good fact that she's been a Kryptonian her whole life? 
Um, I don't know, Morgan. What do you what do you think about that? Do you think that maybe on Krypton, Kara probably got hurt? I imagine she yeah she might have felt mean, pain on Krypton. That's like a that's a good point. I think she was mostly just kind of a normal person on Krypton. Um, but I mean, I think she's been super for a really long time. Like if you think about maybe say like you lived in one place until you were 12 and then you live somewhere else for the next however for 15 years or so. I feel like you would kind of remember the stuff from when you were little, but not as much as you'd remember the stuff from a couple of years ago. I think you would adjust to having superpowers pretty fast. And she was also stuck in um, the phantom zone for a long time. So, uh, <laughs> So I think uh, that time in the Phantom Zone probably uh, made her forget some things and uh, she, she didn't have those experiences much anymore. So I think there is some of that, that Kara was just so far removed from from having to deal with any kind of pain. So she definitely, I don't think, was mentally prepared at all for any of the uh, physical pain that she experienced. She might have had to deal with some some emotional pain in the past like with uh, saying goodbye to Krypton and things like that. But the physical pain um, definitely was something pretty new for Kara. All right. So uh, I think the the next big thing that we should talk about, because what I think is really impressive about this episode and probably all, most of the episodes in season one is that all the characters have a storyline. They all have something to do. There's a, a way that they all contribute. And uh, Supergirl and Car, you know, Kara, uh, they both have uh, a storyline, but so does Alex. Alex and uh, Jean. Well, I couldn't, I shouldn't call him Jean until we talk about the end of the episode. Alex and uh, but, Hank, <laughs> right? Hank in uh, quotation marks. Uh, Alex and Hank are uh, sharing a storyline that's really more about Alex, but by the end of it, it's definitely a, a, a Hank Jean story. So Morgan, what did you think about uh, Alex trying to figure out <laughs> more about what happened to Jeremiah and her learning uh, that Hank is not really Hank and he's the last son of Mars. Uh, I thought this was, so I thought this was an, such a good episode because both of like the kind of A and B stories are both so strong. So sometimes you'll be watching an episode of something and you'll be really into like one of the stories and then they'll flip over to the other story and you're like, no, I don't care. Go back, go back. <laughs> uh, and this could happen. This happened on Supergirl. I feel like. I don't want to say a good amount, but like it happens sometimes where you'd be like really into the, like the main story and then it would flip over and the other story would be like, okay, well we have to, we're, we're making a bunt cake. And you're like, no, <laughs> no, William, <laughs> back to the other story. You don't care about your baking. Uh, but, it, or it would be like some like romantic drama that you didn't care that much about. Meanwhile, like Supergirl is about to die. And then it, they'd be like, we need to talk about our romantic issues like later. <laughs> <laughs> but in this one, I really like that. Like the story with Supergirl is really compelling. She's lost her powers. There's a lot of stake. She could get hurt. She could die. And then you flip over and Alex is trapped in this like hostage situation with a, a an alien who reads minds who's taking people out one by one uh she's stuck with hank who is untrustworthy at this point like if you're not you're watching it without 
the knowledge of like what's to come like can she who can she trust you're you're really in that with alex and i thought that 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 really worked so well for this episode where both storylines were kind of like running they were both like equally as stressful and dramatic where you it didn't feel like the narrative like ground to a halt so that we could talk about somebody's relationship issues and then like back to somebody fighting for their lives um <laughs> And and this one was really good in in terms of like the way that her story built up where, you know, she's seeing this evil alien and she we know that she doesn't trust Hank and then they get trapped inside the building. And they I, I liked I really liked the way that they sort of seeded the doubts of like, wait, like Hank is now the only one who made it out from another Situ- miraculous situation. This <laughs> I liked when she turned to the one guy who, like R.I.P., uh, that she ends up going out into try to you know save the situation with, and goes like, "This is the second time that Hank has been the sole survivor in one of these incredibly you know suspicious situations." Like, does that not strike you as odd? And he's like, "Oh yeah, that's not great, is it?" <laughs> 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 so I think that they built up the uh, the drama around who is Hank Henshaw and like what is he up to and like is he trying to hurt Alex? I think that they made that really dramatic so that when you get the opposite of that and that you get the, you finally get the reveal story about who he actually is, it's really satisfying and it's also really shocking because like this episode is making is is working real hard to make you not trust that guy. Yeah, and they do a good job of even teasing the Martian Manhunter aspects of Jean because uh, <laughs> Hank is uh, talking to Jim as he's in prison about the psychic connection, and uh, it sort of uh, makes you wonder if if Jean could have handled him. Uh, is everything okay? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay, I I heard a, a little bit of a noise, and I don't know where that came from. So I imagine, I imagine <laughs> it, it wasn't it wasn't cats. I was getting I was getting oh, water, okay, water okay. Delivery. I was like, is, water there delivery. A, is there a situation? <laughs> okay, um, but uh, so there are a couple of instances where they sort of tease uh, things where Jim even um, uh, threatens Hank about uh, killing all of his family, and he's basically like, well, there's there's no one left. So there's there's a lot of teases early in the episode kind of pointing foreshadowing to the end reveal of Martian Manhunter. So I think they set that up really, really well. And I think for those first seven episodes, they did. I I have to hand it to the show. It did a really good job of getting you to the point where the Martian Manhunter reveal made sense. And it uh, it was rewarding to get there by the end of it. So I, I think they handled that very well. And I liked that it was just Alex and John. Uh, in that reveal. Eventually, uh, Supergirl's going to find out, but I like here in this episode, it's just with Alex. Yeah, and I feel like throughout the show, Alex and Jean have kind of a special bond. Um, and uh, I mean, he has a, you know, a bond with all of his space kids. Um, <laughs> but I think his bond with Alex it has always been really strong. And this is kind of the beginning of understanding why that is, is because he made that he made that promise to her dad that he was going to watch out for her. And obviously we know um, from the future that we find out that he lost his whole family on Mars, uh, including his two daughters. Right. I think it was, 
they were both it was, daughters, it, was, right? it was two sometimes the show would say daughter and it's like no he had he had two he definitely had two post daughters. crisis he might he might have lost an additional <laughs> daughter uh, <laughs> but uh so i mean i think it does kind of draw a line under that that like these two girls remind him of his of his daughters and he kind of takes them under his wing but he was like explicitly asked to by by jeremiah when he was dying Mm-hmm. Uh, I did. Did Jeremiah like fake die, like roll and then roll into those bushes, never to be found again? <laughs> <laughs> like, how, how did like did Hank not know to like check for a pulse? Like, what was the situation there? What What if like Hank was like really bad at like uh he he just got to Earth. He was bad at peopling, right? And mm-hmm. uh, and Jeremiah's just like I'm dead. And Hank was like, well, there it is. Yeah, so we do uh, get more background information on Jeremiah Danvers and his connection to John Jones. And uh, I think uh, we'll probably see uh, that story later on in, I think we're going to get to it in Rewind. So I, I think uh, we'll we'll address it when we get there. But uh, <laughs> this is more of the show uh, developing the idea that Alex will want to find her father, but uh, she never really uh, (laughs) succeeds in that. She, well, he comes back, but she doesn't uh, seem to put a lot of effort into it. No. uh, So there is, (laughs) there is that. Uh, Well, I I did like how dramatic the reveal was for him though. Like it's a, I love that it's a scene between him, uh, him and Alex. And then we get to see Martian Manhunter for the first time in this episode because she's like, okay, well, if you're not Hank, who are you? And he's like, here is the reveal of my CGI. And it is (laughs) for a second i thought that the the cgi was trying to make him like super super tall and i was like oh that doesn't seem like a smart choice because later on he's just as tall as david Harewood. um but no it was just like a a down shot camera angle yeah yeah uh he does look significantly bigger uh but i think it's just that the magic of the the camera angle as you mentioned uh yeah i think they did a really good job with the reveal even uh the the dialogue of the the who are you i think it's so um profound in a way that she f- forces him to confront who he really is he's been faking his whole well not his whole life but for a large amount of his life on earth he's been faking who he is as, as this guy, Hank Henshaw. And here now he has somebody he can share that with. Uh, so that's a, that's a big deal for him. Uh, so I really like that uh, moment as well. Uh, we do have a question. Uh, were you about to get to, <laughs> um, but from CM Gutierrez 74, uh, who asks, since we know Jean, AKA Hank can read minds. Do you think that he was fully aware of Alex's distrust of him? Ooh. So, Morgan, do you think he was reading Alex's mind? I don't think so. I think that he probably wanted to respect her privacy. And it didn't seem like he was super aware of the fact that she was distrustful of him until, like, <laughs> she chained him to a radiator and left him there. <laughs> She's like, bye. He's like, you are getting fired, young lady. <laughs> I think maybe she doesn't trust me anymore. <laughs> She he uh, listen. He's putting her on some kind of pip. She's going to be on a performance action plan for sure. Like, <laughs> Car's going to get back, and she's going. Like, Have you been demoted to desk duty? Well, I did. I did chain up my boss in a storage closet. I feel like 
it's kind of frowned upon because uh, <laughs> he did seem surprised that she was doing it. He was like, oh, 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 no, what's happening here? Uh, so I feel like if he had been reading her mind, he maybe should have seen that one coming. Yeah, I don't even think with Alex, he would have to read her mind. She she acted like, oh, I can totally play this off. It's no big deal. He'll never know. But I think sometimes Alex, her, emotion, her emotions could maybe get the better of her at some point. Uh, I think she probably eventually would have given herself away, uh, which she does when she she basically just uh, uh, confronts him one on one. So I don't know. I don't. He it would be a waste of his time and effort to to read her mind <laughs> when when all of that presents itself in a normal way. So it wouldn't have been something he would have needed to do. I don't think. I guess my question is about Jem, who was. In fact, truly amazing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> first off, is this like a, a, a DC Comics villain or is this a, somebody new for the show? No, Jem uh, is featured in the comics. I'm trying to pull up uh, first appearance. I wonder if I have that in my old notes. Uh, let me ah. see. Uh, Jim uh, says, I am Jim, Master of the Faceless Hunters, conqueror, uh, conqueror of 12 Worlds. So I don't have it uh, necessarily in my notes. Uh, I'm going to try to find in the I DC see on Comics Wikipedia that he is uh, the analog of Martian Manhunter, who he is an occasional ally. It says the first appearance was in uh, 1984. And his other alias, according to Wikipedia, is Son of Saturn. So I guess if you're like a big, if you're a big fan and you happen to know who he is, you that might have tipped their hand a little bit on the Martian Manhunter thing if you kind of like read between the lines. Um, yeah, you would have been like, Jim, that's an interesting yeah. choice. Huh. Fascinating. Hmm. Isn't he? Huh, of all the DC characters you could have put in there. So usually in certain, uh, uh, of course, to be fair, the Arrowverse shows were often just throwing in whoever and, <laughs> it would, and it would often you'd be like, ooh, reading between the lines. Does this mean X, Y, Z? And I was like, no, not really. No, it doesn't. No, no it doesn't mean Mr. Bones is coming. <laughs> doesn't mean Snapper's going to snap or lose his hand or turn into stars are. None of that's going to happen necessarily. <laughs> Yeah, just uh, FYI, uh, I think it's at least four episodes of Stargirl in. I haven't seen this week's episode. No, Mr. Bones. I'm, I am I'm, incre- so I'm incredibly offended. disappointed. It's a lot of Starman, which, fine. Hi. But you promised me Mr. Bones. <laughs> you and now all I'm getting us. is Starman. <laughs> you don't promise people a man made of bones. A, <laughs> a, a walking skeleton in a suit. <laughs> Smoking a cigar and then think we're going to be happy with anything else. I don't care how much Joel McHale's in it. <laughs> I mean, he's fine. He's great. But Mr. Bones but is Mr. what Bones. I was promised. Uh, this yes. spooky season to deny us of Mr. Bones is just cruel. Oh, that would have been perfect. <laughs> Mr. Bones and Infinity Inc. Oh, that would have been. Oh, actually not Infinity. Uh, no, I think you're right. I think it was an Infinity Inc. Right. But what, I'm trying to remember. Oh shoot! I'm gonna have to look this up now. Because uh, was it? I, but I think Infinity Inc. was the uh, the hero team. 
Who was no, he with? He was... was he was with Helix. He was with both technically. Oh, he joined Helix. Infinity Inc. later, but he started out with Helix with like Penny Dreadful and Baby Boom and Baby Critter. Boom. That's I was like, what's the weird baby's name again? <laughs> Baby Boom. Remember when she had her punk face? God bless her. <laughs> She just wanted to be called Babe. <laughs> I'm not Baby Boom anymore. I'm Babe. Listen, <laughs> you can never give yourself your own nickname. You should know that. Baby Boom. <laughs> yeah, so there's been no mention of Infinity, Inc. or Helix. Uh, so just a side note about Stargirl. If you are interested, Jem is uh, in Jem, Son of Saturn, number one. That's his first appearance from September 1984. So, yeah, Jim is a comic book character uh, uh, pulled from the source material. So there is that. So, uh, Morgan, before we uh, wrap up with final thoughts, are there any other things that you wanted to discuss about the episode? Yeah, I guess. So I had two things. One was a question about Jim's powers and Martian Manhunter's powers. So, like, Jim has the ability to, like, control minds is that why uh is that why Jean was just kind of fine cuz he's got psychic powers as well so like could Jem even begin to try to control his mind like what was this what, what what was the situation there do we think so so versus the deo agents who wore the the I mean I don't inhibitors. think yeah, I don't think that they had a chance really but like I think Jean was just like like you know put the two fingers against the temple and it's lights out once you think real hard with those two fingers against the temple what can you do yeah, I well, first, I, I would if I had been the uh, DEO tech team that had been responsible for the neural inhibitors, I would have been really disappointed in myself. Ooh, wow, hired probably those, <laughs> those, those people, their products did not uh, do much good of anything, but um, but I think Jean, I think to your point, I think he was uh, maybe at least as powerful as Jem, probably more powerful. So I think that was why he didn't have any problems and everybody else had those, those issues where they were uh, taken over by Jim or they were killed by Jim. Jean probably didn't have those issues. And that's why he was the last one standing and didn't have <laughs> any issues. So I, I think that's, I think you're correct. And then um, I see that there's a question in the chat from Lindsay. She says, I want, to know what Alex's plan was if she had turned out to be right about him. Was she planning to leave him chained there? And what was she going to tell the rest of the DEO? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, like, what if he was evil? She's like, I bought him in the closet. <laughs> uh, I guess that would have been uh, something to, to think about whether or not she knew that he was an alien, if she thought he was just a regular dude. But he, he broke th free from her handcuffs, so I, you know, it's like, what do you do? Like, she could have gone and run to her, like, hi I don't know, the president? Who's the higher up above the director of the DEO? I guess I don't it's know. the president. I don't know. Uh, so <laughs> I guess she could have reported him to HR or something. But he's just going to break out of those handcuffs. It'd be fine. He'd, he'd be, <laughs> they, okay. they have, like, one of those HR investigations where they're like, are you an evil alien? That would have been Pam like, from HR. I, Pam from HR is like, listen, this is very awkward. But um, Alex thinks you killed her dad. <laughs> do you have a defense for that? And he'd be like, mm, I didn't do it. She's like, that seems reasonable. Um, 
<laughs> what a, what a what an awkward HR investigation that would be. Did you kill another employee's checks notes father? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pam from HR, um, thankless job. She she actually appeared on one of the episodes, didn't she? I remember people like screaming did. at us on Twitter about her making an appearance. Uh, New Rachel asks, "Was Pam from HR there at this point?" I would like to believe that Pam from HR. She's been there forever. She knows everybody's secrets. She knows everything that's happening. She, like, like Pam from HR is the worst person to be on the bad side of because she knows everybody's business. You so, want to be nice to Pam from you HR. You want to be nice to Pam <laughs> from HR. She knows all the dirt. Uh, and then my other, my only other thing was the, um, the Cara James win drama. I, I just did not like it in this one. I wish it wasn't there. Um, they have that one scene where cars gets, uh, James tells her about the camera and car gets emotional about like her not having powers. And then they have a hug, which was not, I, I think it was supposed to read romantic, but it didn't at all for me. I don't know if that was like a trouble with the performance or with the direction. Or you're just and, cold hearted. <laughs> or I just have no heart and don't like them together. Anything <laughs> is possible. Uh, but I feel like what we were supposed to be feeling was like romantic tension, not necessarily like I, I was in the I was in the scene. I was like, oh, it's so nice of them comforting each other. But I think we were supposed to feel them like having a moment where they're like, uh oh, are we going to cross a line? And I did not feel that in that scene. But then Wynn walks in is like sorry to interrupt like he had seen them like undressing or something and I was like Wynn aren't we being a little melodramatic here and then at the end he's like I'm just I'm not mad I'm just disappointed it's like listen Wynn you're not her mother this is not helping your case (laughs) (laughs) romantically well he made it more about well James has a girlfriend so I, you shouldn't uh-huh. be doing that. So that was That's that was what the reason about James's yeah. girlfriend, <laughs> <laughs> who, by the way, apparently is moving in with James. They but went from like fast, vacationing at Ojai to like moving in together. How much time has passed? Oh my god, things are just really progressive. I mean, I know that they they broke up and got back together, but like <laughs> maybe think about the reasons you broke up before you move in together. <laughs> moving is hard, you guys. Don't do it. Don't do it unless really, you're sure. <laughs> they're really committed now. So uh, so I think that's what when was at least telling Kara that he was upset about was that Kara was moving in on Lucy's territory, I guess. Yeah, it, it seems like a little it seemed a little forced in the episode. And I kind of wish that they had just left that one little bit out because it didn't feel needed. And also it made Wynn like look a little bit like a jerk. Um, he was kind of terrible. Yeah, to her. it's like, come on, when calm down, calm down, would you? Like, you're not really dis, you're not disappointed in her. You're just disappointed. Like, don't, don't, don't try it, when. To be fair, he did spend all day with Cat. That's true. He was probably a little testy. <laughs> <laughs> that was, he had that to set up technical stuff for Cat, and she was berating him a little bit. So he I, I probably he had a rough like, day. He was like, "I haven't done like a live stream since like high school," and and Cat was trying to think. I was like, when Cat tries to think back to like I was a normal person just like you once, and she can't do it. She was like, <laughs> "Well, actually, I was a a noted." columnist and and (laughs) (laughs) she's like forget all that i said about being normal i was never normal 
<laughs> yeah. So uh, Daryl in the chat says, "Wen just needs to meet a nice alien girl to get over Kara." So maybe he will one of uh, those Ooh. days. Uh, but then he'll forget all about her, and she'll never be mentioned again. Uh, so <laughs> that will probably <laughs> that will probably happen for him. Uh, okay, so I guess uh, overall thoughts. What did you think about this episode, Morgan? Did you uh, like it, dislike it? What did you think? Overall, I think this was one of the stronger, maybe the strongest episodes of season one. I just think that all the storylines really uh, were really strong. The car stuff was really good. The cat stuff was really good. Um, Alex and John had really good stuff. And like, you really can't do better than that um, Martian Manhunter reveal in terms of like really spinning the show in a different way that then when we first started the season kind of re uh, you have to like sort of rethink how you thought about that character. Uh, and I thought it was really fun the way that they, they did that and they sort of built the mystery up and then the reveal did pay it off. Sometimes they'll build up these mysteries as we know. And then the payoff literally doesn't exist because we'll never know about Leviathan. <laughs> Uh, but in this case, the payoff the payoff was worth it. Yeah. Oh man, let's let's not bring up Leviathan. <laughs> that that is a mystery we will never solve. Uh, but yeah, I think this was a strong episode. Uh, all the characters had something to do. They all had something that mattered that had weight to it. Um, uh, Kara's uh, storyline was really strong. Gave her a lot of good character growth in this one. Uh, so this is probably, I think, one of the better episodes of season one. Uh, cause it's just, it's solid all around and, um, does something new and different for, uh, Kara in the show and has, has a lot of big reveals in this one. A lot of big things are happening. So it's a pretty momentous, uh, episode of season one and one of the most, I guess, momentous episodes of the show. Well, uh, I guess we need to go, uh, back to the future. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta, we gotta hop in our DeLorean and go back to the future from 2015 uh, into the present of 2022. Uh, so we'll do a little time travel and get back uh, to 2022. All right, now that we're here, we've gotten back. back. We've, retur we've returned uh, back from the past into the future. Um, uh, so before we wrap up this episode of a Supergirl Radio, I think we need to make. Uh, some snap judgments Ooh. about this episode. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. Our first snap judgment is what's a worse medical problem, being sick or breaking your arm? I mean, they both stink. Uh, they're both pretty bad. They're both pretty bad. Um, breaking your arm, I think, takes... Uh, depending on what you're... I, I, I sort of uh, came up with the snap judgment in, like, having a cold. Not, like, being sick with a, a more uh, Serious, severe yeah. illness. Uh, so, I guess maybe uh, having a cold or breaking your arm is kind of the uh, the thing we're going here for. Um, uh, going for here. Um I'd probably say breaking your arm. It takes longer to heal. It's probably more painful. You probably have more pain. Um, and you're you're sort of uh, incapacitated a little bit. You can't move part of your body. So I would say breaking your arm. Yeah, I'm going to go breaking your arm too. I've only ever broken my baby toe. So I have not. Oh, that's pretty good. I know. I, I it, Although toe breaks, that... 
Yeah. How, how, it, how long did it take you to heal from that? It was a little while. It turns out that they won't they won't uh, cast it because it's a toe. Um, <laughs> I did ask. I was like, oh, I'm gonna. I, I I broke something. Finally, I'll get like a the cast, and people can sign my baby <laughs> toe cast. And <laughs> very smallly, um, they they won't do it. They were like, I, that's a weird ask. And I was like, but I thought you casted everything that broke. And they're like, not that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it took a couple weeks. So. It wasn't pleasant. So I would say breaking a bone is probably worse because like you like the the recovery time is so much longer. Yeah, I had a foot fracture and it took me probably six months to get Oof. over that. So it was not fun. Yeah, Kat and Sarah have both um, broken their foot. And it's it seems like it's really, it scares me because it seems like it's very easy. Every story I hear about people who have, like, broken or fractured their foot is like, I stepped weird. And then I couldn't walk right for a month. <laughs> and it's like, the, what? <laughs> the only thing I remember is I think I either... I don't know exactly how it happened, but I think it had something to do with my medicine ball. The the the, oh. the rare occurrence of me working out at home and I busted my foot. So I must have dropped it on my foot or like kicked it accidentally or so. I don't know. I don't know what happened, but those are it, pretty heavy. <laughs> it uh it was not pleasant. No fun. Okay. Uh best cat grant name for win. Uh, wit or wick. I like wick because it's not even really a name, maybe a last name, like a John Wick. But at least with wit, it could come across like like a name. But Wick is kind of like, how did you even get there? <laughs> so I think <laughs> I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna pick uh, pick pick Wick. See, I'm gonna go with Wit because it sounds like it could be a name, and then you think about it, and you're like. I don't think I know anybody ever who's named Wit. And then you're like, oh, would it be like short for something like Whitney? Like Whitney? Yeah. yeah. But then like she's definitely not on a first name basis with this guy, and definitely not on a nickname basis. So like, what did she? Th <laughs> what did she think it was? Uh, I, so that one I thought was really funny. I especially liked it because she calls him Wit. And he like looks around for whoever Wit is, <laughs> yeah. and, and he and then he figures out, oh my god, is that me? <laughs> uh, and then who gives the best hope speeches, Supergirl or Cat Grant? Now this, this is a this is a big question. This is a big one that's really going to test, I think, both of our. Uh, uh, viewerships of the show and uh, the characters of Kara and Supergirl <laughs> and uh, Cat Grant. This is going to be a hot take, but I'm going to say Cat Grant <gasps> because Cat <laughs> Grant's, I think, to, to, you know, we talk about Supergirl hope speeches all the time, and it does seem like Kara just kind of mad libs them like. Puts in, the, puts in the situation for you know now and an adjective and things like that but i think with cat when she has when cat has to do it it's because something is serious and when she does it she speaks from the heart it's improvised she had a speech prepared in this episode but she put it down and she spoke from the heart so it felt more genuine with cat sometimes the supergirl just it seems like a retread sometimes like she has to do it but I'm going to be controversial. I'm going to pick Cat Grant. 
That is very controversial. Um, <laughs> I cannot believe it. I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Supergirl. Oh uh, oh oh! Does that make you the better Supergirl? <laughs> I, I think it does. And <laughs> <laughs> because listen, this is this is really her niche. This is her genre. This mm. is where she shines. This is yeah. what she knows. Like it, th- that would be like. Uh, that would be like saying like Simone Biles is not the best gymnast, right? Like <laughs> there's other great gymnasts, right? But like uh, Supergirl is is hitting those uh, those crazy those crazy moves that only Supergirl can do. She doesn't she doesn't need to think up uh, different kinds of hope speeches because she's really <laughs> nailed this one. Sure. Do they all sound a little bit similar? Of course. How many different ways can you tell people to hope? Why aren't these people ever just listening to her? Why does she <laughs> give these hope speeches? I think that uh, that Supergirl has really gone out there and perfected the art form. And I feel like Kat has like uh, has really learned at the feet of the master there. In, oh, she's, yeah. She's given a hope speech at this point, I think, uh, in the show. Uh, so yeah, I, I have to go with Supergirl because it is what she is best at. It's also how she saves the day, like five out of six times. Yeah. So in a human for a day, she loses her powers, but does she, she still has the superpower <gasps> of the hope you speech can never take those hope speeches away from her. <laughs> <laughs> no judgments on your snap judgments. All right. Thank you for playing Snap Judgments. That's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio Rewind. And uh, I think we now need to get to some Supergirl Radio and some DC TV plugs. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired. DC TV Podcast also has a Tee Public store, so if you're in need of new DC TV related t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, onesies, mugs, notebooks, pillows, or stickers, go to supergirlradio.com and click on the Tee Public store link at the top of the page. Supergirl Radio is part of the DC TV Podcast Network, so if you also like The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning, Titans, Doom Patrol, Batwoman, Stargirl, Superman and Lois, and the upcoming Green Lantern, Justice League Dark, and Strange Adventure shows, and DC TV After Dark. You can subscribe to the DC TV Podcast Mega Feed on Apple Podcasts. Follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter and like DCTV Podcasts on Facebook, or else. This has been a message from Hope, inhabiting the Flash Vessel, also known as New Rachel. 
And since this episode featured human beings being brave, we have Alex Danvers and Guardian Pop Funko Designs in the DC TV podcast T Public Store that we'd like to suggest. Yeah, you can get all kinds of mugs uh, in the T Public Store. I don't know why the the phrase Guardian Funko Pops like really threw me off, but I was like... (laughs) What does it mean? So just in case you're wondering if I temporarily forgot how to read the English language, it was my brain like struggling to f- figure out what I was reading. Yeah. So there are uh, Funkos in the T uh, uh, Publix, the DCTV podcast T Public Store. They're not the Funkos that you get in the box, but they're Funko <laughs> designs that can go on T-shirts and hoodies and uh, masks and mugs and all kinds of things, stickers. Uh, so if you want to grab some of those, highly recommend them from the DCTV Podcast T Public Store. So just wanted to highlight the humans who, you know, uh, went in there when they could have been hurt, but they were brave about it. All right. So uh, since we took a few weeks off, Morgan, we didn't get a chance to promote the DCTV Podcast that is true. Pl- plugs contest. We so we are plug contest. <laughs> yeah, so we didn't get a chance to uh, to plug the plug contest. So we're going to give it a couple more more weeks to uh, to uh, uh, continue to promote it and uh, to keep getting the word out about it. So basically, what we uh, are asking uh, listeners to do is uh, to to help Morgan out because Morgan. You know, she's she's uh she's done the plugs for a long time. I don't want and, to. <laughs> and she doesn't want to anymore. <laughs> so, so. I, I have earned the right to not have to read a list of, of names. You saw how I just read the the phrase uh Guardian Funko Pop. You don't want me to do all the podcasts like that. So uh so we are requesting if you would like to participate uh to uh do the plugs for us. So you can record yourself reading uh the names of the podcast of the DC TV podcast network, which are of course Supergirl Radio, the Flash Podcast, Legends of Tomorrow Podcast, The Lituation Room, DC on HBO Max Podcast, Stargirl Podcast, Superman and Lois Radio, Green Lantern Podcast, The Sandman Podcast. Justice League Dark podcast, and of course, DC TV After Dark. So if you want to record yourself and uh, get send us an MP3, WAVE, or M4A audio file, you can send that to supergirlradio at gmail.com. And uh, now we're going to say the deadline is October 31st. So we're going to give you a couple more weeks to send those in uh, since we didn't get a chance to <laughs> promote it while we were uh, taking a little bit of a break. So if you would like to win a uh, couple of fun prizes and um, be featured on Supergirl Radio, this is a great way to do it. And really, it'll help Morgan out uh, <laughs> so that she doesn't have to do them anymore. Uh, so we are going to continue uh, that uh, contest for a couple of more weeks. Also, we would like to give a shout out to our Legion of Super Sponsors for supporting the Supergirl Radio Patreon. These people are Michael, Sam, Anne-Marie, Yvonne, Nicola, Abby, uh, Leslie, Ermgard, Miriam, Nicole, Lizeth, uh, Faith, Brian, Ethan, and Danny. And if you would like to become a Supergirl Radio Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash supergirlradio. We have four monthly levels that you can uh, choose from. And uh, we really appreciate everybody's uh, support of the Patreon. Also, if you would like to follow me and keep up with what I'm doing, you can uh, check me out on Instagram at the Derby Kid, 
I also have a YouTube channel that you can find at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod, where I uh, usually live stream on Sunday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern, and uh, I read through Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice reviews written by the top critics of Rotten Tomatoes. It is quite the eye-opening project that I've been doing. I recently did one from the Toronto Sun, uh, which I was very confused about whether or not the reviewer actually liked Ben Affleck's Batman or... Or did he think he was okay? I'm not really sure if he hated him or liked him. I don't know what was happening. There were also a lot of mistakes in spelling and grammar. And I was just very confused about the whole thing. And I, I question all the time whether or not these people should be the <laughs> uh, authorities on good taste. Uh, so this is quite the project. So if you want to go talk about art criticism and go on this journey with me, that's Sunday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern. Also, I just randomly one time said, I want to talk about the Disenchanted trailer. And so I did for 38 <laughs> nice. minutes. Uh, so <laughs> so if you want some Amy Adams content, uh, I'm making that part of my brand as well. She's uh, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Disenchanted is DCEU adjacent through Amy Adams. So I think it's part of why people come to my YouTube channel. So you can definitely check me out there if you want uh, some more DC content. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. And you can also find me, and this is going to be shocking, on DCTV After Dark, where we might have just recorded an episode, perhaps? What? what? <laughs> does, that, um, does that deserve uh, Feeding the Ducks music? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it does. <laughs> Dance along, people. Just get excited. Uh, <laughs> When's it coming out? TBD. But we have recorded an episode. We should have it out in the next week or so. Uh, we talked to Rachel from the Batwoman podcast. We had a, her back. We got to ask her to weigh in on the mermaids uh, versus uh, werewolf oh. situation because we she, we hadn't been asking that the last time she was there. Uh, and her answer might surprise you. Oh, uh, so you're just going to have to tune in to find out. <laughs> also, if you're a big K-pop fan, uh, this is the episode for you to listen to because there's a lot of K-pop talk in it. Like, a lot of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> strap in. Uh, it is fun. We had a great time. So that will be up on the podcast feed. And as always, the best way to know when a new episode is coming is just to subscribe and then let it be a fun little surprise. Uh, and then over, I'm also a co-host uh, on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast where um, we finally got to watch the pilot pod um, for my fantasy draft win uh, oh. last season for Legends of Tomorrow. We did a draft of the characters, kind of like people do for fantasy football. Um, and then at the end of the season, we had a winner, and it was my team because I had Sarah Lance, which was an unfair advantage. I only had two characters. Everybody else had like four, and I still somehow won. <laughs> so I got to pick uh, our next pilot pod. And I try. I was trying to think of like, oh, how am I gonna? How am I gonna pick something that Amy is and Cat are gonna be equally annoyed with? And I couldn't figure it out. So instead, I just went with something I thought would be fun. So we watched the pilot of Wheel of Time the Amazon mm. Prime show, and I had Mike on because Wheel of Time is his all-time favorite uh, book series, and so we got to talk about Wheel of Time, so that episode should be coming out this week, and then after that, we're going to be doing a spooky swap, 
So we'll be uh, spending the rest of October watching spooky stuff. Um, so if you're excited about any of that, you should definitely check out the podcast. So much uh, good stuff coming in the Morgan so Glennon podcast stuff. universe. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> that is good to know about all those uh, new episodes coming down uh, in the pipe, pike, pipe. I never know. I think it's it makes sense to be pipe coming down the pipe. That you, makes you yeah put things down the a pipe. What is yeah, pike they, anyway? I don't know what that means. Flow, they flow naturally down a pipe. pipe right? <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say pipe. I think pipe I think is that right. that seems accurate. <laughs> <laughs> well, in any case, wh- whether it's pipe or pike, that's gonna do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson and I'm still Morgan Glennon. And thanks for joining us for Supergirl Radio Rewind. McGurk! I Do love typing. Do not mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you <laughs> like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, <laughs> they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther? It's not just Lena being mean? No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio.